Okay, so Rob, according to this map, if we turn left down that alley, we should be headed in the right direction. You know, it's like Jack Burton always says, you can bring a duck to water, but you can't make it drink. What were you saying now? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we follow, if we follow according to this map, uh, I'm so turned around. Um, if we follow down this alley, it should put us right smack dab in the middle of Little China. This alley right I here? Think. Yeah, right here. Oh, okay. God, this is so narrow. Oh, it is. Oh, man. I'm, I'm amazed I could get like I my truck driving skills have gotten really good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you're pretty impressive. My uh, map reading skills are kind of lacking, but I'm trying. You know, we should have just gone with like OnStar or something instead of looking at an actual map. I know, but I want to be all old school about this. You know, that's why I have like my my, my trucker hat with a little butt flap girl on top. Yeah, and uh, I really which is like very misleading because it's pink. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I really like it. I was gonna say. <laughs> Thank you. It took me forever to be dazzling, too. It's really heavy. Um, oh. That's what you were doing in hours locked away in that room. Okay. Exactly. Uh, be careful, though, because it looks like we're heading up on some kind of procession, and I don't want you to hit those people. How That's can all we, we not need. hit those people? I mean, I'm going to have to stop the truck here, but... Yeah, what's going on? Is, like, what are they doing? Is that a parade? It looks It looks more like a funeral. Hmm. What? It really seriously looks like a funeral. Wow. Bizarre. But now, yeah. okay, so check the rearview mirror because does that not look like ninjas? Are there? Yes, like ni- red ninjas like creeping up behind the truck. What's going on here? Uh, roll up the windows and lock the doors. This does not seem. Oh. Yeah, I better do that. The, I, I don't like the way this is looking. We're just trying to make our deliveries. And... Yeah, we need to. Do, can, I think if you kind of like step on the gas. And like head towards them. I don't want to hit like, all those people though. That's... I know, I don't want you to either, but maybe they'll part ways. <sighs> oh god, they're pulling out knives. Yeah, okay. no, just floor it. Just oh, floor it. Okay, here we go. Watch out for that old guy, he's not moving. Wait! He's not moving. Oh. I'm just gonna drive through him. Yeah, just oh I did not feel a thought. I didn't either. Hold on. We gotta Let's get out and look. Yeah. Oh, oh there he is. Standing. Yeah, he's standing. He's he does not look good, though. Why are his eyes, like, glowing? Like, his whole head is starting to glow. I, I'm not liking the way this is going. Not at all. No, this does not look good. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton, me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you 
mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <coughs> Destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Ah! Oh, God, is this really happening? Ah! This is gonna take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Huh, yeah. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes. Welcome back, Midnight Mask Creature Casters, for another episode where we're going to be heading into some Big Trouble in Little China from 1986. I'm your co-host, Mark, and I'm joined by the ever-awesome... I'm Rob, and I am wearing my dirty trucker hat and i've got some moccasin boots that go all the way up to the knees today yeah i want to talk about that what would <laughs> to me your feet would be so sweaty and stinky by the time you drove that truck all over <laughs> that you would never want to take those boots off that was such a weird choice for him i thought <laughs> it looked like he was hiking in the himalayas it did yeah that was a weird <laughs> weird choice yeah that was very odd yeah very odd. Um, but anyway, so yes, and this one is your pick, correct? It is, yeah. All right. Um, so what is your history with Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, this one's PG-13, by the way. I just want to throw that out there for everybody. Yeah. See, I feel kind of bad <clears throat> about this one because it's like we went from uh, Lucio Fulci to a silly John Carpenter movie. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, I, I hope. Mark is able to get through this. It's a very non-John Carpenter, John Carpenter movie, I think. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very tongue-in-cheek and there's just, it's not like a horror film, but I think it's listed as action-adventure. So it's definitely not a horror film, but it does have like supernatural creatures. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I th after thinking about it, I was like, oh, this, you know, this might be a bad idea, but I'll go along with it anyway, because we were committed to it. We've done Howard the Duck, so everything <laughs> else is uphill from here, from there, I believe. We, uh, um, we are the MFers who try to ice skate uphill. Right, right, right. Um, now, what's your history with the film? Um, I remember seeing this at a friend's house, I think 19... Maybe ninety or ninety one, and uh, just loving it. There was like so much craziness going on, and I know this quickly became one of my favorite movies, and I always wanted to watch it like once a week at least. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, for me, that would have been I think Murders of a Chippendale Dancer. Is that a real thing? 
It is, but no, I'm joking. Oh. That's my favorite movie that I watched every week. Um, <laughs> um, so 91, you would have been like much younger then, correct? Uh, yeah, I think I was, it was my first year of high school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you were younger. Okay. Um, now I guess my first experience with seeing the film would have been yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you stayed away from this. You're like, hell no. And we've talked about this before. I love John Carpenter as a horror director. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, everything about this, I just, it felt like something that I would not want from John Carpenter, if that makes any sense. Like any other director, I've been like, fine. Cause to me, it, it, it almost feels like John Carpenter was like, Hey, I can do an Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark movie myself. <laughs> it kind of had that like. It did. Fun, um. And even like romancing the stone with with creatures in it. Yes, exactly. But it it's it just like like John felt like I can, I've got that PG thirteen adventure film silly kind of slapsticky thing mm-hmm. in me, and I can do this. Yeah. And I mean, it's fun. Do not get me wrong. Uh, but like you said, it's not horror at all. Um, so I just really it never felt like something I needed to see. Um, so I never really bothered seeking it out. Um, so yeah. Last night was my first experience with the movie. Interesting. And mm-hmm. so do you hate me after watching it? No, I do not hate you at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I could ever hate you, Rob. Um, now that restraining order is still in effect, but I can never hate you. <laughs> You've uh, got so many restraining orders. <laughs> I actually just have a Xerox here by me and I just print them out. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. To save time, I'm going to do John Carpenter's working relationship with Kurt Russell and kind of like kill two birds with one stone. Okay. So the director, Mr. Carpenter and the actor, Mr. Russell first worked together as far as I believe on the TV movie, uh, Elvis from 1979 where Kurt played Elvis Presley. Um, then they would work together in, uh, the film or on the film escape from New York in 1981 with Adrian Barbeau. Um, then they would reunite again in 82 for the thing. And as far as I'm concerned, Kurt Russell always needs to have a beard. He should have played Elvis with a beard. <laughs> um, Jack should have had a beard like that. He just always needs a beard. Um, and then um, Snake Piston would reappear again in 96 with Escape from L.A. So that's the director and the actor together. And I'm just going to call it quits for those two. Um and in the film, um, Mr. Russell plays uh, Jack, the truck driver. Yeah, Jack Burton. Yep. Mm-hmm, Jack Burton. Now, um, he basically, he's in a situation where he's gambling with a friend of his, Wang, Wang Chai, played by Dennis Dunn, um, who worked with Mr. Carpenter, Prince of Darkness from 81. Um, no. 87, I think. Yeah, 87. I'm sorry, 87. My notes. Um, And he, Jack ends up winning, like it's $1,048, I believe. And Wang wants like to to earn that money back. And then he offers this like double or nothing bet kind of thing. And that's kind of how 
Jack almost gets embroiled in this whole fiasco thing that plays out throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, it was the, he was like, I'll, uh, nothing or double. And he was like, if I can cut this bottle in half with this knife. And, uh, of course he screws it up. So he ends up owing him a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Now, so the film opens though, we're basically like in an attorney's office and we're dealing with the, um, Egg Chen character, who's a, a like a tour bus driver, and he eventually plays a bigger part because he's almost like a well, he is like a mystic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Mister uh, Egg Chen is played by um, Victor Wong, and um, Victor Wong also starred in Prince of Darkness, and he was also from Tremors, which we've already covered. So many movies, so many movies, um, and he's kind of giving us like the backstory of the film and then we proceed from there. So that's just that odd little setup. In the yeah. Beginning. So now there's a lot that, to really keep track of. I feel like in this film, there's a lot of players, like, a lot of players. There's a lot going on, like just within the film itself, because so Wang and Jack end up going to the airport because Wang has um, his fiance is basically showing up mm -hmm. um, and she's arriving at the airport at the same time that a uh, another woman named Tara is showing up and Tara's uh, going to be picked up by a lawyer. Mm. Oh, she's a lawyer. Gracie, Gracie, Gracie Law is a lawyer. Yes. Oh, I thought she was a reporter. No, Margot's the reporter. Oh, gee, you know, I always thought she was the reporter. <laughs> yeah, Margot is uh, oh, okay. Margot played by Kate Burton is the reporter. Now, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So before we got way off here, so they're at the airport. So the two gentlemen, Jack and Wang, are at the airport to pick up um Miao Yin, played by uh Susie Pai. Now, real quick, Susie Pye was in, she did not do a whole lot. Very pretty actress. Mm -hmm. um, she was in Burt Reynolds' Sharky Machine from 81. And then she was also in First Blood from 82 with Sylvester Stallone. And um, 1981's Penthouse Pet of the Month. Oh, seriously? Yeah, totally serious. Okay. Yeah. All right. That I would, I don't even, <laughs> I kind of dry heaved a little bit when you even started talking about that, but that's okay. That's for our straight audience members uh, out there. Um, see, I did not know that. She's a very pretty woman. Yeah. Um, but I guess she didn't look like she's done very much. I think she only had like seven movies to her credit. Uh, but anyway, so she's she's showing up. Tara is also showing up. And Tara is played by uh, Ming Long, L-U-O-N-G. -L um, and then Gracie's there to meet her. Mm -hmm. Gracie is played by Kim Cattrall. So basically Kim Cattrall for everyone out there in like listening land. Um, she was in Bob Clark's Porkies and then Bob Clark is the one who did Christmas story and black Christmas and children shouldn't play with dead things. Um, she was also in the TV movie, modern vampires with Casper Van Dien from uh, starship troopers. And then probably what most people will know her from is she's Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. She portrayed uh, the character for 94 episodes from 98 to 2004. 
Are you have to, you ever seen Sex in the City? To which I have never seen an episode of. <laughs> okay, I was I would be shocked if you said you had. I would have probably fallen out of my chair. No. Nope. Yeah, so that's Kim Cattrall. Um it was jarring kind of seeing her as this character versus her Samantha Jones character because they're very different characters. Um you know everybody just, like sorry just to go off topic for a moment. Uh-huh. Um now I hear people saying, are you, you know, when they're talking about sex in the city, oh, you're so Samantha. I thought Samantha was the main character, but who's that other, um, that other Sarah, woman? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, that's the, the main character. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who, you, do you know who Sarah Jessica is, correct? Uh, yeah, I've seen Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So Samantha is very, um sexually liberated she speaks her mind just she's the complete opposite of this gracie character it's very interesting to see uh 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 miss Catral's uh acting uh skills at play here it's very interesting <laughs> yeah but anyway so she's shown up because um these women that immigrating to America run the risk of being kidnapped and put into uh, the sex trade. Right. So she's, she's there to ensure that does not happen to Tara. That's why she's there. Yeah. Well, so these three like punks hoodlums are there to actually kidnap someone to take to a brothel. They have their sights set on Tara. Well, Jack kind of thwarts that plan and intervenes so instead they grab uh meow yin who wang is there for because that's his fiance and they make off with her yeah and wasn't that like the weirdest kidnapping you've ever seen like meow yin didn't even seem to put up a fight she just kind of uh laid there <laughs> like a dead fish the you whole know? thing was very odd i thought just the whole interaction was very weird because yeah. walt's even like she doesn't have luggage she's got a box she shows up to america with a box yeah that's right she didn't have anything no i mean i'm not i'm surely not making fun of anyone who comes to america that's not but it's just it was the whole thing was just very odd because at first i even thought like are you a plant are you in on this somehow and you're trying to lure them because she just seemed so okay with everything transpiring. I guess she was just overwhelmed. But yeah, she there was no resistance whatsoever on her part. Right. It was very just, odd. It was very odd. They're driving away with her in the car and she's just tied up and her eyes are open. And it's just like easiest kidnapping ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, it was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so now she's been kidnapped. So, you know. Jack is now kind of like sucked into all of this uh, chaos and he's going to help Wayne get her back. So, <laughs> um, so now we meet the tour bus driver who's Egg Shen and um, he's basically giving the tour on his tour bus. Well, then he's almost run off the road by Jack in his giant truck. And this is, there's so much going on. Um, they head, they make that left turn and they're pretty much almost right in the middle of a funeral procession. Yeah. And is it just me or I've never been to um, 
San Francisco, I believe that is. But are the streets that narrow there everywhere? Oh, yeah. Some of it's yeah. Some of it's very tight like that. And there's like very extreme hills and stuff like that. So they're stopped by the funeral procession. But then from behind the truck, this like gang clad in black with red turbans kind of shows up behind them and they start firing at the funeral procession. Yeah, like what did he say? The the um men in the gold the men in the gold were the good guys or something, like the good gang, and then the, the lords of death were were the yeah, bad. The lords gang. of death. Yeah, yeah, the lords of death. Yeah. Um and then so then you get this kind of like kung fu action kind of starts taking place. Mm-hmm. Cue in and the music, that- everybody was kung fu fighting. Yeah, and then there's that green smoky blast, and then the wicker hat men start descending. <laughs> Which is my favorite part of the film. Uh, the they reveal were, of those guys with their awesome hats. Yeah, so now I'm much older than you, but there was a TV show called Lidsville. Sid and Marty Croft put it out, and all I could think of was Lidsville, because basically the characters were giant hats, and they <laughs> reminded me of Lidsville. Um huh. And this was like a let's watch moment where they just kind of like Jack and Wang were just sitting there like watching everything transpire, which yeah. I'm like, I get the hell out. Cause this is just like a mortal Kombat game or something. And I do believe like, I think I've talked about this before on another show, but like that guy, the lightning guy with the big hat that reminds me of like Raiden from mortal Kombat. And mm-hmm. It brings me back to a specific time when I was actually playing Mortal Kombat and thinking about Big Trouble in Little China. So I put a lampshade on my head and my friend took a picture of it. <laughs> and I was like doing the Raiden stance, pretending I had a lightning bolt shooting out of my hand. It was great. Do you still have the picture? Somewhere, yeah. I'll have to find it. I would it. love very much to see that photo. Uh, <laughs> like seriously. So the henchmen, these three people with the hats, you know, we were just talking about the wicker hats. So there's Thunder, and that's the beefier guy, the really muscular one, and that's Carter Wong. Then there's Rain, and that's Peter Kwong, and he's the one who's got the really long, like, flowing black hair. Oh, I was just going to say, he looks like the guy you find in every 1970s kung fu film. Yeah, and then there's the... now. Not that they're none of the gentlemen are bad looking, but the one seems like incredibly like almost pretty. He's so handsome. And that's the lightning one. That's the one I think you were just talking about. And that's James Pax. Um, Oh, so he's he's lightning. I got did two of them have long hair then? Um, no, I think just the one had the really long hair. Because the one with the long hair is the one I was, uh, he looked like he was the emperor in like a, one of those old Kung Fu movies. Yes. The, the, uh, Thunder, the really beefy one has short hair and Mm -hmm. the one with lightning, the one lightning guy always wore like something over his head. So you never saw his hair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are the henchmen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're doing flips everywhere. And I do love when they would do like the fighting in unison where they all pull out and they've got some kick-ass weapons. They're crazy. They're, like who was the guy with the back scratchers? <laughs> I think that was lightning. I think that was, uh, oh, okay. no, I'm sorry. That was rain. That was the one with the hair. I believe, I believe. Yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't, really, they didn't get to use some of these weapons. Like I want to see what they're going to do with, like you said, the back scratcher and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, they did some, some damage with their knives that they had thrown in unison though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, but so in their haste to escape, they hit, and I'm using quotes, they hit a gentleman who's actually, we'll find out later, is um, uh, Lopan, um, right. who's the actual ringleader of all this chaos. Um, and then he's played by James Hong. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna get into James Hong here, and I you just have to bear with me on that. If that's oh, okay I'm I'm totally there with you because I've seen him in so many movies, just like, kind of like Victor Wong. Um, oh yeah, they they've I mean, really this, done their thing. Oh yeah, this gentleman. Well, uh, uh, yeah, um, but he's like so prolific. He's got like this incredibly illustrious career. Um, he it spans like decades. Um. Just the TV shows alone that the man's done, just it's phenomenal. But so he, the things I know him from, he uh, did an uncredited voice in Godzilla from 1956. He was an airplane from 1980. Um, the Jeans movie with Ryan O'Neill where the butts were cut out. Oh, so the, the butt portals thing. Yeah. Yes, he was in that. <laughs> um, he was in Blade Runner from 82. Uh, now, did you ever see Ninja 3, The Domination? I did. Okay, he was in that um, Tango and Cash, which need I say more? Oh, if you want a Kurt Russell my movie. My goodness. Yeah, he was in Tank Girl with Lori Petty from 95, because I love Tank Girl, um, the comic. And then just recently, he was in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once from 2022. Um, this man is, the actor is just, his career is phenomenal. And wasn't um, he anyway. in that ping pong movie, uh, Balls of Fury, I believe? The oh, comedy? Probably where he probably. was teaching the guy it. ping pong <laughs> as if it was like a martial art. I'm looking for it. <laughs> oh yeah. He was. Okay. He played Wong in balls of fury. Yeah. I thought so. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. But so he, he's in this and he's low pan. Um, so they believe that they've hit the man, but they've not hit him because as we'll find out later, he's more of the supernatural realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, this might, I'm going to jump ahead for just a quick second. You're but totally fine. When we see Lopan in his uh, Kabuki theater form, I'm thinking that's his spectral form because later on in the film, we yes. see kind of a, a broken down old man, like in uh in like a human body kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. that plays into everything. The whole reason, like we'll get into everything, but that plays into the whole reason of like the, the, uh, the, the women that he needs mm -hmm. and everything. So yes. Um, so now Jack and Wang have taken off running and they end up in a dilapidated building. Um, so <laughs> the two men, they encounter that third gentleman who kind of shows them the way out of the building. And then they end up back at the restaurant. Um, was it dragon of the black pool? I believe. And a black dragon, a dragon, something. Yeah. Something dragon, dragon and black, black water, dragon. black pool. Yeah. Dragon of the black pool. Um, and then, so his clothes are all wet. So he's in a little silk robe. And which, I thought about you when he was wearing that kimono, I was like, I bet you Mark has a kimono like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing it as I watched this. Um, yeah. I want to just real quick. It didn't fall open. Um, it wasn't a shorty kimono, so we didn't get like a cheek peek. It was a wasted opportunity on John Carpenter's <laughs> part. So whatever. Um, we're introduced to a couple more players in this uh, story. We meet um, Wang's uncle, 
um, Uncle Chu, and then he's played by Chow Lee Chai. And then there's a maitre d' that they've just hired, and that's Eddie Lee, and he's played by Donald uh, Lee. I'm believing it's L-I or Donald Lai, but I think it might be Lee. Yeah, it's um, probably Lee. Yes. Um, and so they're, they're at the uh, restaurant with him, um, and he's trying to, Jack is trying to figure out the insurance on his truck. So Gracie shows up and um, she's filling them in that the girl was kidnapped and taken to the white tigers for like a quick sale into sex slavery, basically. Yeah, because green eyes are like um, a big deal. Yeah, exotic kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Like a correct. Cause it's such a rarity. Um, so they decide that they're going to send Jack in their undercover as the world's biggest nerd to request a green eyed woman to, I guess, purchase. Mm-hmm. It's also skeevy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, Wang and, um, Eddie and Gracie, um, and Jack in this Cadillac and they head there. Um, so Jack's heading inside and then Gracie slips out to go to another car that has Margot, the reporter, who's she's finally found a reporter that's going to take on this uh, story because no one else will believe all this is really transpiring in Chinatown. Yeah. So Jack's guys is his Henry Swanson and he's like all nerded up. He's got this really, you know, goofy pair of glasses, his hair slicked back and everything. Um, so he's in there under the guise of trying to find a, a green eyed, um, woman to, I guess, is he wanting to bed or actually purchase? I'm really not clear what he's, if he's wanting to just sleep with her or if he's actually <laughs> wanting to purchase her or whatever. He says the sky's the limit. He's got all the money in the world. Well, while he's in there, it almost is like an earthquake and the giant hole is ripped <laughs> above the bed where, uh, Miao Yin has been tied to yeah and again she doesn't seem to be all that concerned she's just like staying quiet not making a peep and just like looking around and stuff i wonder if that's like due to her cultural upbringing maybe she's just a very quiet reserved person Hmm. (laughs) maybe she's like this is just america (laughs) (laughs) this is this happens all the time in america par for the course so anyway so she's actually being kidnapped once again uh but this time by the henchman for lopan because he's going to be using her for nefarious purposes Mm. we'll later find out yeah um i love how the um the lightning guy gets around he just kind of slides down a lightning pole and to like either go up or down you know oh yeah exactly yeah he's pretty he's it's pretty cool it's very video game like Mm -hmm. it's this is not really grounded in like reality per se. Like I'm using little air quotes, like reality per right. se. It's very, uh, 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 not sci, very fantasy, very fantasy. Yeah. Like very fantastical. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And that's not a bad thing. I don't, I'm not saying that at all is a bad thing. It's just very, very otherworldly, which is fun. Um, so, but now, so they've gone to get, uh, Miao Yin back, but that's, not that's not happened that's they were unsuccessful at that so now they're back at gracie's office and she's kind of filling them in on the down low on low on low pan what he actually is he's like the godfather of little china um so you don't really want to mess with this guy 
So this is when Tara peeks out and she's the woman that actually Gracie went to go help. And then she talks about the whole uh, uh, Wing Kong exchange is like a front um, that it's like a trading uh, business that Lo Pan operates out of. And I love their description of it where it's like, uh, because Chen was talking about just walking right in there or something. And he was like, that's the most dangerous den of cutthroats in Chinatown. And it made me think of Star Wars. Where- <laughs> oh, right. Yes, totally. I yeah. can see that. Yes. Yeah. So in order to infiltrate this, Jack and uh, Wang just show up with a telephone <laughs> <laughs> and pretend to be like phone phone uh, maintenance workers. And they just head right on in, right past the security guards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, once down in the basement, they see like a little trail, which looks like two people had dragged uh, a drug, uh, a third person, like a little trail into like a, a wall. So basically there's something behind that wall. Oh, yeah. It's the, the secret elevator. Yes, exactly. Well, now, while this is going on, we're back at the restaurant and this is where um, Mr. Shen is kind of filling everyone in on Lopan and how there's positive and negative forces in the world and everything. And Mr. Pan is like a destructive power. So he's a, a lot to be reckoned with. So in the interim, Jack and Wang have gotten into the elevator and it's starting to fill up with seawater. And then they end up breaking out of the elevator but they're under water level now and there's all those corpses chained up yeah it looked like they were in a water tower with a bunch of corpses chained up like inside of the tower like they had been drowned upside down or something so which i want to talk about this because i don't want my mouth in corpse water (laughs) it makes me want to throw up I think that would be the least of your worries when you're fighting for your life to, you know, to get some air, though. I just I I, that whole scene, I'm like, oh, God, corpse water. Same thing like with poltergeist, just the swimming pool scene with the corpses. Oh, and the mud. Yeah. Everything. Just corpse water in my mouth. I don't want it. Uh, But anyway, so. (laughs) So um, they eventually escape from that, but uh, they just fall into their clutches and they end up blindfolded and tied to wheelchairs. <laughs> that was great. I was like, what's the deal with the wheelchairs here? <laughs> and it was just so funny how they, you know, to to meet Lopan at his level, they've got to be placed tied to wheelchairs and blindfolded. Exactly, cuz he does join them and but like you said, he's an elderly elderly decrepit looking man. He's yeah. like, you know, got the long stringy hair. He's he just does not look like he's in good shape. And at first they're trying to figure out where Lopan is. And he's like pretty much saying, I'm right here in front of you, but they're not like even picking up on what he's putting down. At right. First. Right. They're not even buying it. Mm-hmm. Well, then Lopan is saying like Miao Yin's father was like a holy man, perhaps maybe and everything. And he's almost like filling in. There's more to her than meets the eye even. Yeah. I'm, that's because uh, yeah. apparently like, Green eyes are so uncommon, according to what he was saying, that mm-hmm. in order for her to have that amount of beauty and green eyes, would her father would have to be like a 
a holy man or a priest or something. Right, right, right. And then um, he also, you know, fills them in that he's actually a very young man who's been entombed in this crippled body, but by marrying her, he'll lift the curse that's been placed upon him. Yeah. Well, Jack's I never still not understood buying the whole that. story. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> because is this the part you're going to start to pick no 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 i'm just saying like his explanation of that i was like hold on a minute (laughs) you know what what did he do that was so wrong like they never explained that part and so i was just like okay i i don't know i think you just buckle in for the ride yeah so while this is transpiring gracie and margo and eddie the maitre d who by the way there's a little bit of a, a love bug between Margot and Eddie going on. Um, they show up at the front desk and they're demanding a tour of the, the uh, trader shop, which uh, who would want that? But anyway, um, and it's, they, they finally get the tour and it's going to be provided by thunder. <clears throat> one of the henchmen, the big beefy one. Um, but Eddie actually has to translate what he's saying to the two women. Oh yeah. Speak. And yeah. Um, when Thunder, did you make that connection between like the big guy that he was one of the three, uh, or the three storms? Because I didn't until he started to like, uh, you know, show his power or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's the oh, guy with the big hat. Yeah, no, I, I knew who it was by his face. Oh, see, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention, I guess. Well, I'm saying the first time I, I knew after like watching uh-huh. it hundreds of times. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, I figured I figured it out pretty much. I just, I don't know. I just figured it out because if they work for him in that capacity, they probably also work for him in other capacities. And he mm-hmm. looks the same. I don't know. I just, and he's beefy. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so he agrees to give him a tour and everything, but Jack and Wang end up being wheeled in their wheelchairs into a room, uh, like a cylindrical room with a whole bunch of corpses tied to the walls. Oh yeah. And the, then he the, was talking to, I don't want to die in a room of corpses. Mm-hmm. Or something well, like Jack, that. Yeah, but Jack has a knife on his persons. Um, it had been hidden in his rectum, and uh, he was able to force it out. <laughs> his prison wallet. <laughs> no, it was in his boots, I believe. Those damn Himalayan boots. Yeah, those crazy-ass boots. I, right. Okay, so anyway. <clears throat> so Wang is like... Wang is like... Rash, rationale is... Lopan has a plan for us, because otherwise we'd be dead by now. There's a reason he's keeping us alive. Mm-hmm. And he starts filling Jack in on other aspects of myth and legends that, that he's grown up with um, that he wasn't so sure that Jack would be receptive to because they're so like, I guess, far-fetched. And he was talking about the curse from what was it? 272 BC and the spirit city and monkey sacrifices and things like that and black magic and sorcery. Um, and while Wang is explaining all this to Jack, uh, they hear someone approaching. And so they get back into place to make it look like they had not escaped. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, henchman thunder comes in with Eddie's body, which at first I thought Eddie was dead, which kind of made me sad because I liked Eddie and he kind of hangs Eddie on the wall, but Eddie is not dead. He's just been like knocked unconscious. So this is when Jack jumps on Thunder with the knife, but he just, <laughs> Thunder just like pushes him backwards off. 
it seems know, so ineffective because it he, does. He was like, "All right, back off slowly," and they they just you know, Thunder doesn't know what the hell to make of it. But then, like that, my favorite scene is when like he kind of level looks like a Super Saiyan leveling up. You know, he's just you know he's yeah, doing that whole thing. Right. It's very yeah. So so he attempts jumping on him again, and he just like bulks up a little bit, but that forces Jack backwards into his wheelchair, yeah. which goes downhill in one of the most ridiculous moments of the film, I think. And he ends up careening downwards and almost falls down this like gigantic well. Right. And that reminded me of the, the old uh, slapstick comedy films that you would see like where foolish things happen and people just barely escape it and, it. and it comes off as very silly. It did. And like I was talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was also based on like old serials. Mm-hmm. This has like a, like a feel of those old serials to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the three of them, Eddie, Wang and Jack, they flee. Um, and then I like, this is when Lopan demands that they be found and their flesh be boiled. <laughs> oh Yeah. So, or he sends a, like saying something about that one of the hells where your flesh is boiled because the Chinese have a lot of hells. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we see that he starts to like glow from within. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, he takes on his spectral form. Yeah. And that's where he's like, if you're at all familiar with any of the uh, imagery from the film, this is the low pan you're going to be more familiar with where he's like in his traditional uh, garments and everything with the big tall hat and everything and the long fingernails and everything. Yeah. So he enters the room with meow and she's like just levitating there. It's almost like her bed chambers, but she's not in a bed. She's just levitating. Yeah. And she's sleeping and his hands actually move through her. So that's your first inclination that, cause we know she's not a spirit so that he's a ghostly form. Right. Um, and he, and he, he verbalizes that he wants to be flesh again. Yeah, because he's a like, did they say a thousand years or uh, a couple hundred years or something like that? That he. I'll default to you because you've seen this way more than I and I didn't write that down. So. Uh, yeah, I didn't write it down either. And I should have. But yeah, okay. it was just maybe several hundred years. I'll go with that. OK, so the three gentlemen, they run into bad guys. And this is where Jack just kind of opens fire on them. And then they head up into the elevator. So let's see here. Um, This is when Wang and Jack and Eddie. um, Oh, oh, okay. So this, I'm sorry. So this is where Wang is holding Eddie as like a hostage to kind of use him to get into the uh, cages where the, where Gracie and my Ma, uh, Margo are being held. And underneath there's that pipe that runs along like the walkway. And Jack is kind of like making his way almost like a little monkey with yeah. his arms. Okay. So this is where one of my favorite parts of the movie, because it's a bunch of kick-ass women and they just open up uh, like, like, a bunch of kick-ass on the men and they just like attack uh, Wang and Eddie. 
Wasn't that cool that the the staff like smoke came out of the staff and I thought it was oh, yeah. poison gas at one point. I was like, they're going to kill him because it's poison yeah. gas. No, I love I love uh, female fighter movies. I love it so much. So thank God we got that. This is like really elevated my enjoyment of this film quite a bit. So they free Margot and then she reveals to Jack where Gracie's held. And then he flees all the female prisoners and then eventually uncuts Gracie because Gracie's like bound up. She's like hogtied. He unfrees her. Um, and they all escape just as the bad guys arrive. Um, and they're all like they have to escape this little teeny tiny portal. Um, yeah, like a under a, was that a spa or something like, you know, that little I'm thinking of like um, hot springs or something. And that little pool of water there that they had to go under the water and into like one of the tubings and, and just escape through there. Yeah, well, eventually, well, they said seawater and it becomes like it feeds into the bay, they were saying. And like where they were at was like the central sewer system. Okay, yeah, I I had such a hard time figuring out where they were from moment to moment, like every time that they moved to a different place. Uh huh. Now I do want to add, like I I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like the chemistry between Gracie and Jack is like very forced. Yeah, I didn't like it, and I was going to talk about that because I it, wanted to know your thoughts about how, you know, these movies where it's just like you know, he comes on to the girl and she kind of bats him off or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like hot for each other immediately. Yeah. It just seemed very like, cause he tried to pick her up at the um, airport. Earlier yeah. on. I don't know. It just seemed very forced. I would have, I would have been fine. Like if it didn't exist at all, I don't, I don't know, whatever, but it's there. And yeah. It, just, it, it didn't need to be there. It, it just felt like it was there to kind of fill something out. Maybe. Yeah, like it needed to be there. Like it was like a trope. Like, okay, in these action movies, we have to have like the trope of the, you know, a love interest for our lead. Yeah. But, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so they make their way upward and there's a pipe. And so there's a grating that Jack can remove and they all escape up that way. And so they're basically going to file past the guards to get to the tour bus that's parked outside is to take them away. And then the tour bus is um, the uncle and uh, Mr. Shen. Um, but basically Jack and Wang are going to be the lead and Gracie's going to be following up the rear of everybody because it's all the women and everything that they've released. Yeah. The hostages. Um, so, <laughs> Um, as they're doing so though, there's this mask, it's very Scooby-Doo and there's two <laughs> little eyes and these eyes are like looking, watching what's going on. Yeah. And this giant hairy arm, like it opens and like Gracie does not follow everyone. She becomes like Daphne from Scooby-Doo and this arm grabs and pulls her in like this little like other room. She was taken by the boggy Creek monster. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, but once inside, they realize, yes, they've escaped, but they've done so without rescuing Miss Yee, Miss Yee and Gracie's been left inside. So we see what grabbed her was this like, kind of like a, 
orangey orangutan gorilla-esque creature. Yeah, it's like the strangest looking creature. It almost looked like the a really bad mock-up of the creature from Feast. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yes, yeah, it, yeah. It almost looked like it may have had mange. Because <laughs> it, it wasn't super hairy, do you know what I mean? Right, like, it right, it was just hairy. like very... Very like uh, what's that word? Very thin hairs that are kind of wispy. Well, yeah, real sparsely hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so once inside, Lopan arrives with his two henchmen, um, and now he realizes that not only does he have one woman with green eyes, but he has two now. Oh yeah, and so he can mm-hmm. fulfill. He can fulfill his prophecy and marry like the other one. Mm-hmm. And Gracie, because she's chained up, is making all these demands. And I'm thinking, you have no legs to stand on. Uh, <laughs> and she wants to speak with, she's wondering where Lopan is. And oh, of course, yeah. Right in front of her, but she doesn't realize. And this that. is where he's making fun of her, doing the little tickly noises like, coochie, coochie, coochie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're back at the restaurant. And this is where uh, Margot says this is like a radical Alice in Wonderland story. And uh, um, Shen is there with the group, and that's when the is it the the Chang Chang Sang gang arrives. I think I'm saying the group correct. Is that the them. the yellow the yellow headband guys? Maybe they're the ones who have come to help rescue the two women. Okay, yeah, that's the yellow headband guys. Okay, there you go. Um, Oh, oh, sorry. I have trying to read my notes here. Um, and then so Uncle Chu's going to stay back with Eddie um, while everyone else heads on. And that's also when it's revealed that Eddie has a, a thing for Margo. Because mm-hmm, um, somebody's so, got to love somebody else in this. In the exactly. Universe. So now we are once again in uh, Mew's room and she's still floating. Um, and Gracie and the ghost of Lopan come in. Um, and then it's like, is is she awake yet or not? I'm not sure. And then they're talking about um, dark magic and the world of uh, formlessness mm-hmm. and the burning blade. And is it going to be Miao Yin or Grace? And then blue beams come out of uh, his eyes and mouth. Yeah, he does that glow thing again. Yes. And now the whole gang has arrived at um, Mr. Shen's home or hangout or whatever. And they're grabbing things in preparation for their, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Uh, invasion of uh, Mr. Pan's trading palace. Yeah. Um, because uh, he said, why don't we just go in the front door? And um, Egg, Egg Shen was like, you tried that the last time and how'd that work out for you? So this time right. we're going to approach it from a different angle. Right. And so they decide to take this pole down into this like misty tunnels below Chinatown. <laughs> and I think this is the part where we find out that Egg Shen has been around almost as long as Lopan. And uh, he's been kind of uh, trapped as well, but only... Like not not in the same way cursed like Lopen, but he's he's also been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then uh we cut to Lopan and he's flanked now by Mew and Gracie. 
and we've got like the his three henchmen they're just kind of like showing off <laughs> yeah <laughs> i put down like a wedding rehearsal show off or something like that because uh, yeah i guess and then we get the fulci eyes did you notice that like the close-up of everyone's eyes i'm like oh fulci grabbed the camera oh yeah i did <laughs> because they had to show like the green eyes i guess yeah yeah and then so underneath um it's explained that like the the tunnels like the misty water thing is like the lifeblood of the earth mm-hmm. um and that there were earthquakes um that like turned the world upside down and it caused like odd things to be allowed to walk the earth and things like that yeah like creatures that were not meant to be alive or not meant to be yeah, walking the right earth, yeah. right and now so we've got rain presenting like these two blades to the the two women and they grab the swords by the blades and they start to glow and like levitate the women or like lift the women upwards and they're able to touch the lamp with one hand and still hold on to the the sword handle now and then it's revealed that they both survived the burning blade and he's going to marry both of them now yeah and what was I thought the burning blade was actually a blade that burned. I um, think that was the glowing blade was the burning blade. Oh, OK, because I just thought like yeah. they had to be levitated up to and touch a ball and then like come back to the floor. <laughs> I honestly didn't know what that whole sequence was all about. I think that was their burning blade. But my big question was, is Lopan a Mormon? <laughs> is he? <laughs> He might just be, you know? So now we're underneath the tunnels and there's that bubbling water that Jack is so curious about. And you get that jump scare with that giant like insect thing. Yeah. I was, out. It, didn't it look like an angler fish part, like angler part spider? Exactly. Well, that's what Walt says. Like it's an angler fish. Oh, okay. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. So now we've kind of got the women in like martial arts attire. Uh. And then their eyes kind of like turn white. Yeah, they had that milky white weird eyes like they were. Yeah, very. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. I just I was trying to figure out the word like I was going to say possessed, but I don't think they were possessed. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was very like kind of Fulci-esque, I thought. Um, just all white like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Now they've gotten to the domain but in order to do so jack had to slide down and like end up in like all those fish to get inside i know you know what i'm talking about hmm he ends up that giant pile of dead fish oh okay (laughs) okay don't make me bitch slap you with a dead fish um so So this is where Egg Shin reveals the bad news that in order to become mortal, Lopan must basically take the life of his bride. Yep. And he's brought Lopan, uh, not Lopan, I'm sorry. Egg Shin has brought a flask um, that's going to help them basically like power up and be able to like take care of anything that they are dealt with. Yeah, and then he oh. says that weird line that only a dream can kill a dream. I know. I'm like, isn't that from a BG song? 
So whatever. I haven't so, listened enough to the Bee Gees to know, but maybe. Oh, well, I'm just being silly. I don't know if it is. It was just very hokey. Um, whatever. Yeah, it's I don't or like a Disney movie. I don't know. It was all very weird. But anyway, so they go to leave, and there's all the bad guys right outside the door. Um, so you have to drink the magic potion really quick. Um, and then the women show up in their marriage attire, um, all painted up and everything, ready to go. Yeah, what did you think of like Lopan's uh, heavy metal wedding? He had like the neon skulls and the neon Buddha, and I it didn't really. I I I was kind of indifferent, but Walt was. He's like, check out the neon. <laughs> <laughs> like Walt got a kick out of it. Um, and I don't know why it just didn't. I don't know. I guess with everything else going on, I'm like, okay, that just seems par for the course. <laughs> yeah, the, this movie it seems is... so ludicrous, didn't it? it yeah. Was just like what? Yeah. Um, so Lopan has this weird creature thing that floats with three eyes, and it's called a guardian. Doesn't so it look like Slimer from Ghostbusters a little bit? I kind of. Part of me thought, was this your Slimer for your film? Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but whatever it sees, Lopan sees. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would have been like, I would have sent that when Jack was changing out of his wet clothes into the kimono. <laughs> That's when I would have brought my guardian out. But anyway, um, so basically it's showing him that the men are planning their attack and everything. Yeah. So then he then he reveals his plan, as every villain does, that it's too late. He's going to keep Miao Yin and kill Gracie. Right. So he says that best way, of both worlds. Yeah. He gets his cake and he gets to eat it too. Um, so Jack tries to shoot the guardian, but it flies away and the group just proceed onward. Um, and then this is where Jack reveals that it's just a setup. So we get the neon green skull and then the hat men watch as Lopan basically descends and the... <laughs> <laughs> the guardian and the, the gorilla beast are in attendance as well. I guess they're maybe his witnesses. They're going to sign the license. Maybe. I don't know. Or, or maybe the, the gorilla creature is going to officiate. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So uh, Jack finds the elevator and everyone inside is offered the elixir and the six demon bag, which I'm still not clear on what the six demon bag actually is. I don't really, I'm, I'm not clear on the six demon bag. To no. me, it sounds like a jack-in-the-box late-night taco thing that would have your tacos, and you get, like, a large, like, weird drink they're trying to peddle and, like, fries. And, and then and then you're running bag. to the bathroom, like, 20 minutes right. later. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So inside, after they've taken everything, all the men are feeling, like, really positive and everything. So they arrive at the ceremony, and he, Lopan has this giant-ass needle. And I'm having video drum flashbacks. <laughs> I knew that was going to bother me. I was like, oh, this is not a good part. <laughs> oh, oh, so Jack's wanting to fire, but the bus driver's like, no, because you want to wait until he's in his like human form. Yeah, he hasn't become flesh yet. So it wouldn't no, do any damage. No, you got to wait till he proceeds with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
So then he starts driving that long ass needle into Miao Yin's wrist, and I'm squirming. <sighs> and he's and he starts working because he's starting to like his fingertips are like bloody. Mm-hmm. So uh, so again, the guardian alerts Pan of everyone's presence, and a fight breaks out. Um, and then Gracie kind of like comes out of her like her her uh, trance or whatever. And she's trying to stop Pan from piercing Meow's other wrist in the middle of all this chaos. Oh, yeah, because um, there's like a lot of fighting going on now. Yeah. And then one of the hat guys smashes Jack's gun. Um, and during all this, Pan starts bleeding more and he's really becoming human. And then this one guy in like the total like regalia is coming towards Jack and he like has his knife between his feet and stabs the guy. But then the guy like falls on Jack and pins him in this really awkward position. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what is he doing with his boot? But apparently he had like a switchblade kind of thing in his boot. And it, it just like he, he stabbed the guy that was coming at him, but that armor must have been weighing that dude in yeah, the armor like down. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. So now we have Egg Shen battling Lo Pan. Oh, geez. Not this physically. is ridiculous. They're, okay, I was wondering your take on this before I said anything. Yeah, like a, it almost looked like they were pulling out lightsabers at first. <laughs> Yeah. And so, then you got Lopan do using his pinky fingers to play like a video game type thing. Yeah, with like beams, like a violet beam versus like a light green beam. Yeah. And then inside of those they had like holographic avatars th- that were battling with swords. Like warrior avatars. Yeah. Yeah. Like traditional warriors. Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of glad that you feel the same way about it as I did, because I'm like, this is so hokey. Yeah, that was goofy as hell. Like, I'm sure on paper, in theory, it may have sounded okay, but the translation just to 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 film, it just didn't work for me at all. Um, I'm sorry to anyone out there who loved that. It just, for me, I wasn't down with that. No, that part, um, it, it's like I'd rather have them fight with real magic, but I can understand, like, the comedic bit where it's like, oh, let's have these two guys uh, play, like, a video game almost and... I don't know. It just didn't yeah, do it for I don't, me. No, no. I, I, now, I did like the pan, the part where um, there's that, they, they use the fan to deflect the blue lightning. I thought that was cool mm-hmm. with that metal fan. Yeah, I like that. Well, anyway, so in all of this, Lopan actually gets to escape with uh, Meow and his henchmen. Um, and then this is where Wang follows up like that escalator thing he's got going on there. Um, but then the escape route's destroyed. We get the gorilla creature attacking Jack, but then Gracie like kicks him in the butts. She kicked him in the butt or the balls? Well, I know he was crouched over with his butt facing her and then she kicked. Maybe oh, she kicked okay. his Maybe she, I, don't, I don't know. Probably I, par for the course. It was probably his testicles because that'd be more funny. <laughs> yeah, it should have been like the balls. I don't think the butt would have worked out too well. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's got this big stain on her shoe the rest of the movie. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, no. So in the middle of all this, we have to stop for more forced romance, which I'm just like, no, this is stupid. But that's what they do. 
Yeah, that that was unnecessary. Yeah. So now they're up in Pan's office and uh, Meow is trying to resist. Um, but then uh, it's, she's got to be sacrificed. But Pan is torn because he still wants her. Yeah. And didn't she fight him off like like a toddler trying to fight off somebody who was much stronger? <laughs> Get away from me. Oh, I, again, I guess it's a cultural. Maybe. I don't know. I Maybe mean, she's just so overwhelmed. I, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know I just say. found it so silly. It's just like. <laughs> I think Gracie would have put up more of a fight. Than I Yanni. think Tara would have put up more of a fight. We've only seen her twice in the whole film. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, Jack burst in with lipstick on because he kissed <laughs> Gracie. Yeah. Um, so I assume that's supposed to be humorous. Um, so Wang is also in there and he's flipping around, but he's actually trying to take care of one of the henchmen. So he's finding the henchmen. At some point, Gracie's picked up like a spear. Yeah, I don't so know she's what in the that background was. with a spear. So Jack throws a knife and just totally misses low pan. But what we were privy to way in the beginning of the film is that Jack has kick-ass reflexes. Right. And so Lopan throws the knife at Jack, which Jack catches and flings right back, forcing the knife right into Lopan's forehead for a very anticlimactic kill. <laughs> yep. So they may have gotten Lopan, but they've still got to deal with, I think there's only two of the storms left now because um rain was the first one to get destroyed by was it wang or let me look back here let's see let me go here so he's basically wang is still dealing with the uh thunder one the beefy guy and he gets all upset and just basically balloons oh, out of proportion oh yeah he blows. blows himself up and then that leaves the lightning uh lightning guy left yeah and then he shows up um, through the hole in the ceiling, uh, which causes more palace palace damage. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where the grappling hook appears that Mr. Uh, Shen has sent down for everyone to climb up. And so they're all escaping upwards, but I think Wang is kind of held back behind because he's got to deal with, um, another hat guy. Yeah, that um, was lightning. Okay. Because he's uh, the, he's rising up from the floor. Um, like okay. they got everybody else up the grappling hook and Wang was the only one left. And then lightning comes up from the floor and that's when they drop like, it looks like a Buddha statue on him. Yeah, Buddha statue. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And like that uh -huh. doesn't mean, but these guys are impervious to everything else. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. And then, yeah. And then there's that bell signal and then the five lead to Jack's truck followed by the security guards mm -hmm. and the truck backs up out of the garage and there you got the police car and the fire trucks approaching and they stop for the red light and then Mew and Wang are finally able to kiss <laughs> and we're back at the restaurant and there's a celebration and the um Mr. Shen goes to leave um and he says that his work is done it's vacation time and we've got Margot flirting with Eddie and that Wang says that he's paid Jack his debt and everything. He pays him like double what he what he owes him. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just reading my my notes. 
Um, and then I guess this is the part where Jack mentions that he rubs everyone the wrong way and he's not going to give her a goodbye kiss. Oh yeah. That would, I, I don't get like there's as a kid, I didn't think too much about this, but I, as an adult, I really don't understand a lot of uh, what went on in this movie. Well, in my notes, I just put that I want Jack to grow a beard and rub me the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but then there's that scene where he's leaving and it almost looks like he's going to give Wang a goodbye kiss. Because there's that long pause between them and Walt's even like, are they going to kiss? I'm like, I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's just weird. Anyway, so it, now it's nighttime and Jack's in his rig and he's giving his like little speech or whatever. And then... In the rain behind the rig, this little thing slides open and the gorilla beast arm comes out. Mm, he's got a hitchhiker. Big trouble in little yeah. China too. Electric boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. Okay, so we have made it clear to the very end of Big Trouble in Little China. So having said that, Rob, did you enjoy the movie? I did. I, I've enjoyed it since I was a young lad. Very cool. And would you recommend the movie? I would, but not to, I don't think I'd recommend it to horror fans, uh, uh, a very specific audience that is into like comedic, comedic action adventure. Like, I don't want to say horror because it's definitely not horror. It's like supernatural kind of thing. It's, it has, it would almost be like horror adjacent. It has horror elements because you got your ghost, you got your creatures, mm -hmm. but it's not scary at all, I would say. Yeah, it's like more funny and more uh, 80s action oriented. Yeah, I would say action fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost like a date with me. Um, <laughs> uh, now it's listed as action adventure comedy. They don't even put fantasy in there. Um, but I definitely, I myself feel it's got fantasy elements. I think don't so too, think? yeah. Because it, yeah. They're, they're doing like... Um, I don't know if it's actual Chinese um, myths, but there there is like the like the Chinese mythology that they're talking about there, mm -hmm. where it's like now, oh, in the past, like demons and ghosts and stuff like that. Yes. Now I do like that the cast. It's not cultural appropriation. You don't have like an Italian person playing you know, a different nationality, mm -hmm. like John Carpenter, like cast people who should have been cast for the roles they played. Yeah. Um, kudos to that. Kudos to that. Um, the film is very fun for what it is. Um, if you're wanting a John Carpenter horror movie, you will be sorely disappointed. So don't enter the film wanting that. If you're wanting something um, like a John Carpenter uh, adventure movie, the whole family can enjoy you got it in spades with this one. Um, I would highly recommend it to like, maybe if you have like younger family members who are kind of wanting something like with like supernatural elements to it, like, like a gateway, maybe into more horror films later along the way. Yeah. You know, th this would be a good one because you do have ghosts. They're not super scary. You've got some creatures. They're not super scary. I, I, this I don't think would give like 12 year olds nightmares. I, I wouldn't think um, it's fun. It's very fun for what it is. Um, yeah. I say, give it a watch. Um, 
I don't know that I would like revisit it a whole lot. I really feel like I've, I've experienced it. Um, I don't think I like the thing I could watch again and again and again, Right. Um, not right. just because he has a beard, but <laughs> I, this one, I don't really know that I could. And, I, and this is certainly not against you or any other fan of the film. I, just for me, I think I've seen it. I understand it. I don't know that I need to revisit it again and again, but also having said that these aren't, particularly the types of films that I'm drawn to. So it's not just this film, but it's other films of the ilk. Like I would not watch like Raiders of the Lost Ark again and again either. Right. Um, yeah. It's just not my particular type of thing. So it's not that this film uh, I have an issue with. It's just these types of films aren't really my kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yep. Totally. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we covered it. I think it falls into a creature feature enough. It's got ghosts. You got your gorilla beast thing. You got the guardian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. like almost sometimes I, like I say, okay, let's do this. And then I almost regret it because I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe this doesn't fit the bill. Like maybe I only thought that it fit the bill, but, um, it does have creatures in it, but it it's mm -hmm. more like uh uh like you said, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Adventures in the Babysitting with with uh monsters and stuff, in it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not a horror movie for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it's fun, definitely fun. And it is directed by, I mean, John Carpenter. Hello, he's the one of the <laughs> right. masters of horror. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, now, as far as next week, uh, Rob threw me a curve and I, and I think I came up to, to, uh, to bat pretty quickly. We are going to be doing, oh no, I hid my notes. Uh, let me pull it out uh -oh. here. We're going to be doing, uh, a movie called Exists. Yes. 2014. So on our episode that we did, The Legend of Boggy Creek, I had mentioned a Bigfoot movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I couldn't remember the name of it. Well, that movie was exists. So we're going to actually cover it our next go round on um, uh, Midnight Mass Creature Cast. So it's from 2014. If you want to find it, Rob, you said you found it on Amazon Prime. Yes, it's available on Prime. So if you're a, if you're a Prime subscriber, you can watch it for free. All right. And uh, I think this is like a the almost direct opposite of what the legend of boggy Creek was. So <laughs> <laughs> you mean it doesn't have the Crabtree boys in it. <laughs> it does not have the Crabtree boys. It's also not uh slow moving. I think this one's <laughs> like, I think if you wanted a, uh, I think if my memory serves me right, if you want like a uh, action Bigfoot movie, this may fit the bill more for you. So I hope that you guys will stick around for that next week. Now, if you want to get in touch with us, make movie recommendations, uh, you know, send photos of you in any kind of compromising positions, anything like that. Um, I am on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast, and I always, always love interacting with people. Yeah, and, and Rob, um, you can shoot us an email at mmccpod at gmail.com. Uh, the, the inbox is still empty, surprisingly enough, but, you know. It's I think I'll just start sending you emails, Rob, so you don't get lonely. <laughs> right. I I think I check that email account maybe once every two weeks. So yeah. Oh, I'll send you an email. I'll send you an email as uh who? Should I should I be Wang or should I do Jack? Maybe I'll maybe uh 
Miss Yin. I'll I'll pick a character. I'll just <laughs> mix it up. That character. <laughs> like this yeah, is, mix it up. This is Jack Wang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just combine the characters. I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> or is it Jack's Wang? Jack's Wang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm excited. Uh, anyway, so as always, thank you for sticking around. If you're new, thank you for joining us and being brave and or foolish enough to do so um because the more the scarier that's right did i take yours mm. no i did not no I, no that was you, my line yeah okay, you, that was my line that okay <laughs> <laughs> oh boy we we are knocked oh, off course today i know i'm i'm all over the place um and so until next time we hope that you stay spooky <laughs>